Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B-L-U-S-K-Y-S, L-I-F-E dot com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. We are at the end of the year nearly. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this year has gone by so fast, but I am so blessed before this year ends to have this special guest that I have today. Today, I have Rina Romano on the show, and it's really special because she has a story that certainly moved me. I was telling her before we started this interview that I watched her incredible TED Talk, which I will put the link to so you can watch it too. But Rina is a Sir Thriver, which we'll talk about what that means, but she actually experienced childhood sexual abuse and she went through a period where she actually contemplated suicide and it took a lot of time and learning and healing for her to be able to share her story but she's done so on the TEDx stage and on the Oprah Winfrey show and she's come on the podcast today to share her story Um, and she's also through these years become a respected author a speaker she's an entrepreneur and i'm just so grateful to have you on the show rena thank you for being here thank you coach des i mean it's an honor to be with you and thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience too yeah and um this is this is a big topic you know mm-hmm. talking about abuse in any form i think is incredibly vulnerable um it's not easy both as somebody who's sharing but also maybe even for somebody who's listening but i think it's very important that we can share and hold this space so i would really appreciate it as difficult as it may be i know you talk about this in in different times but talking about it means going back to it Could you take us back to that time when you were going through abuse and just share share your story with us? Sure. And and I'd like to emphasize, Coach Des, that, you know, the more we do talk about it, the more we heal. And so going back to I am a surthriver now, but that wasn't always the case. I was a victim of incest starting at the age of four. And it went on for almost two decades. I was forced to do pornography. I was forced to do drugs. And this was with a family member. He was 11 years older than me, an older brother. 
and um, started at four. And I had no language for what was happening to me. You know, I love this person and they groomed me and they and made me feel special. And then the, the strange sexual things started happening. Um, and I, I felt my soul being murdered when it happened. Um, but I didn't know what it was because I'm just a four-year-old child. I have, like I said, I have no language for what's happening. Um, so I pretended through the years, I wore a very good mask. I like to say I would have won an Oscar, uh, for pretending that nothing bad was happening to me because here's one thing I want people to understand as a child, if I told what was happening to me, that would mean that my brother would get in trouble. I knew that. And I, as a child, I didn't want that responsibility of breaking up my family dynamic. So if that makes sense, that's a lot of responsibility for a child. Mm-hmm. But moving on, um, as the years, I like to say my TV mentor and hero is Oprah Winfrey. And I started watching her show. And seeing she was having more people on about abuse. And I just knew that I wanted my life to be better. I just wanted it to be better. So I watched her shows. I listened to the people that came on her shows and and what they did to get better. And that was seeking help, counseling. And um, one day I broke down and finally called the crisis center and said, I need help. I was contemplating suicide, but I didn't want to die but I didn't know how to live with the shame of what was done with me. So. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's just heart wrenching, you know, hearing you talk about that. And, and so when you, when you did that, cause at this point, how much time has passed by? When I it started at the age of four and I called mm-hmm. for help at the age of 34. So, and wow. after after being molested all those years by my brother, when I was out of the house and working, um, I had a colleague from work break into my home one night and rape me in my bed. And I had to go to work the next day and pretend nothing happened because, and I didn't go to the police coach Des because a couple of months before that, a friend of mine had been raped and she went to the police and they shamed her and blamed her. Well, what were you wearing? And you know, I was in my bed. That's the one place we should all feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so I was taught by her incident um, not to report it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't say anything for years. Yeah. Well, and so because there's there's so many facets to this, right? There, There we can probably spend hours talking about this. But I know one question people are thinking of because you know you just mentioned not reporting it is mm-hmm. where are those individuals now so you talked about your brother you talked about this coworker and the, where are yeah. they today well uh, my my brother passed away the year i went on the oprah winfrey show he passed away in january and went on her show in october um the the rapist my rapist from work I don't know where he is. He's probably still alive. But at the time he was married and he had two children. Um, So, and this is one thing I want 
people to know, yeah, I could report him, but the statute of limitations, um, I turned 65 years young this year. So uh, it's been a long time. The statute mm -hmm. of limitations has lapsed. So even if I knew where he was, and I think the one thing that I do re regret was not reporting it because he probably went on to rape other people, other women. Mm -hmm. And that's my only regret. I don't like to have regrets, but um, I wish I was a stronger person at that point. But again, um, I was taught going to the police would just, I would be blamed for it. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't report it. So I don't know if he's alive or not, uh, what's happened to him. And I am an advocate in Florida and I spoke to the state at the state level to get two laws passed. One, to eliminate the statute of limita uh, uh, limitations. So um, anybody going forward, if as a child, there is no statute that no matter how old they are when they report it, because it, sometimes it takes us years. I mean, mm -hmm. my, my abuse started at four, but I didn't reach out or tell anybody until I was 34. Mm -hmm. It took me that long to get the strength and courage to say, hey, I need help for this. And that was from watching Oprah Winfrey and, and seeing how she has evolved into this beautiful, magnificent, uh, prosperous woman in spite of her being raped as a young mm -hmm. child. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about how we end up, you know, you going from the trauma to becoming a vibrant person but you know i'm fascinated about the the journey that you go on to even feel readiness if i can if that's the right word to to speak up um what would you say to someone today if they were listening whether abuse has been recent or it has been continuous that <clears throat> might encourage them to speak up. Find someone you can trust and telling a family member, some people or a friend, I found out early on um, telling friends, they, they don't know how to deal with it, but I am on the rain speakers bureau, R A I N N dot org. That's a safe place for people to call. There's an 800 number that they can go to. And I am on the Speakers Bureau for them. And I know that when I reached out, when I called a crisis center, because I was contemplating suicide, I drank myself into a stupor that night until I finally passed out trying to think of how I was going to kill myself. But I didn't want to, I knew I didn't want to die. But I remember hearing the crisis center number on TV. And if you need help call and I called and the man that answered was so kind and gentle and he made me feel safe. So that's the one thing I was it, whether it was a recent assault or it's been several years, call rain and they can help you find a local um, facility as well to get help, but get help because talking about it, see me going back now, coach Des. I don't have a problem talking about it. I have no shame. It doesn't hurt me anymore. Um, I don't feel that um, emptiness or that void or the pain uh, 
of what happened to me. And I like to say I'm grateful for everything I've gone through because it's made me who I am today. So, and you know, unless you've gone through that, that's hard for people to understand, but it didn't happen overnight. This took a lot of work to get here, mm-hmm. but I was determined. Yeah. And you, well, you talk about 20 years, obviously. Hello. <laughs> that, that's, that's not an overnight thing. So you, you, you made this phone call. Obviously that was life-changing. It was the beginning. What was it like? to share on a stage like Oprah, where now you go from this intimate, private conversation between you and one person to you and the world. And the world and Oprah Winfrey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched her from the beginning. I watched, you know, she was on air for 25 years, but I watched her and she shared her story. And then she had other people on who had been assaulted or people who um, their family members had been murdered or whatever, and they were able to forgive. And I was like, I'm never going to forgive. And I was stuck in that anger and that pain, but I knew that I needed to get help. So I got help. And two years before I went on the Oprah Winfrey show, I had started writing my book, his puppet no more. And I kept telling friends and family, I'm going to be on the Oprah Winfrey show one day. You just wait and see. And they're like, woohoo, this, this yeah. broad crazy. Yeah. Like, woohoo, she's lost it. But I was writing my book, his puppet no more. And I knew I was going to be on the Oprah Winfrey show. And it was about that time around that time. Um, later on the law of attraction came out, but here's one thing about the law of attraction. It doesn't work unless you put it into action. You cannot spell attraction without action. So Oprah was talking about, if you have a story you'd like to share, um, send us an email. And, you know, she was doing at that time, doing a lot more shows on child sexual abuse, sexual assault, domestic violence, and, and bringing those issues to the forefront. So one day I'm like, I got a story to tell. I sent in an email and um, like I said, if I hadn't sent the email, Oprah wasn't going to call me and say, hey girl, you want to be on my show? <laughs> no, I knew that wasn't going to happen. I had to send the email in and I made it happen. I manifested it. and But somehow, Coach Des, I just knew I was going to be on her show years before it happened. Mm-hmm. But I have a story to share and I want, this is what I want people to see now. It was hard going through the journey. It was difficult going through the pain and dealing with the memories, but it's not any harder than faking or pretending that nothing happened. Wow. I I get goosebumps every time I say that. So the, the work is worth it. It's amazing to listen to you say those words because I think anyone listening is going, life is hard as it is. Yeah. It's hard. It's already hard. And, and we don't know what's going to happen when, but we likely have been in situations mm-hmm. where we've 
felt the need to fake things for all kinds of different reasons. And that in and of itself is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. We're wearing a mask. We're not being authentic. We're not living in our truth. And this is what I want people to understand. Your truth is nothing to be ashamed of. It's helping you get on this journey to become who you want to become, who you are meant to become. So don't be ashamed of the past. And that's why I trademarked the word Sir Thriver. I wasn't just a survivor. I wasn't just a thriver. By leaving the S-U-R on the thriver, it's part of the journey because I'm not ashamed of my past any longer. It's made me who I am today. And that's what I want your listeners to, to really grasp. These journeys and what you're going through now or what you've been through is making you into the person you want to become. Just realize that as painful as some of the stuff that we go through, as painful as it is, there's a reason behind it. You know, they say everything has a reason or whatever, but there's a lesson. Um, there, there is, there's a better outcome if you believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, I've always appreciated listening to Brene Brown talk about shame and love guilt. her. I call her the godmother of shame. <laughs> right. Because it is this nasty thing that we do to ourselves when you get that feeling mm-hmm. of this is this equals bad. Shame equals bad. Something happened. I feel embarrassment or if somebody finds out, I'll be judged. I think that's probably the biggest yes. thing is that sense of judgment that you don't want placed on you because something less than ideal has happened in your life. Um, And so how do you work through that to go from feeling low and in a ball and shameful to the mindset that you've just shared, which is to acknowledge the past and not pretend it isn't there because if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be who you are. How do you close that gap? You just keep learning and you stay determined. I had to fix what they broke. They broke my soul. You know, the first time I was touched inappropriately at the age of four, my soul was broken. I felt it leave me. And I felt this Um, disengagement between the top part of my body and the bottom part. There was this vast emptiness in the middle of me. And that was because my soul was broken. Um, And I knew that I wanted to feel whole. I knew that I wanted to be happy. I knew that I wanted different from being, I, I didn't want to be depressed anymore. I didn't want to have suicidal thoughts anymore. Um, and I, I continued to watch Oprah Winfrey and see all these people who had been through horrendous things and how they've gotten their life together. I started studying and then I reached out. I was in group therapy for two years with, with six other women and two therapists. And it was remarkable. But here's the thing I want people, people to know. I went through two years of therapy and I thought it was one and done. I'm healed. I'm okay. I'm sh- I got shrunk. <laughs> 
I like to say my shrink shrunk me. (laughs) I got shrunk. I'm good to go. But I, I felt good leaving the group. But as time went on, my self-esteem, my self-worth and my confidence started to hit rock bottom again, because what I didn't realize that continuing self-help and continuing education is a lifelong journey. And so I started reading and studying other books and I, I've done hypnosis, I've done tapping, um, I've done meditation, I've done other classes, a lot of reading, worked with coaches, been through therapy again. It's not one and done. We are human beings learning how to become the best version possible. And if you truly want, truly want to become your best version don't stop learning. Don't stop asking for help. You see, when, when I asked for help, help coach Des, um, I was always taught that asking for help was a weakness. I come from, you know, that my mom was a world war two, you know, grew up in, in, uh, the depression area. And so I was taught, we don't ask for help. We shove it under the rug. But that's not true. Asking for help makes you more courageous, makes you stronger than you realize. And that asking for help is okay because we're human. We need that human connection to help us heal. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I'm, I'm happy to hear you use the word lifelong because often I feel like what is being sought after is the silver bullet a little yellow pill or red or blue or whatever color it is that's going to say, okay, this is it. Right. If you do this thing, I'll be on my way. I won't, I won't have to do anything else. I'm all done. Yeah. But that's not true. And, you know, we go to school for, for kindergarten through the 12th grade. Then we go to college and then we take other training and that, and we're working on the skill set. We need to continue that training on the mindset. We're learning skills at school, um, mm-hmm. but it's the mindset that needs the learning too, that that needs the work. And yeah. so we learn these, um, you know, going through school, but our journey is not one and done. Until the day I take my last breath, I hope I see or feel something and, and experience something new. And I know, I know I made some pretty bad choices in my lifetime, but bad choices doesn't make me a bad person. It it helped me grow into the person I am today. And I kind of like me. (laughs) It's It's awesome. But when you really think about it and you think about the way that we do life, I mean, you don't go to the doctor once. Do you figure out what to eat and then you never go back again and you're like, I'm good. I mean, nothing in life, regardless of what dimension you're looking at, is just one conversation you have with someone and you gain omnipotence to just not need anything anymore. Right. And that's, I do think that's, that's huge. And, uh, um, I, you know, I think about the team it takes 
to become resilient and to, you know, wake up every day with a sense of purpose. And I can't think of a time when I've done it successfully alone. So I guess that says a lot, you know, and that's not even withstanding some of what you're describing of the kind of trauma that many people go through on various scales, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we all go through something, some trauma, um, whether you've been abused or you've gone through a bad breakup or you were fired from a job. I mean, life can be traumatic. Life can be hard. And we need that human connection to help us keep growing. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And, um, you know, what? like I said, watching Oprah Winfrey, I just knew I was going to be on her show and share my story because I just felt something. I was supposed to do this. I was supposed to give that TEDx talk called Healing from Sexual Abuse Can Start With One Word. I knew that I was supposed to go on Oprah. I knew that I was supposed to go on stages. You know, 30 years ago when I asked for help, I didn't know what today would look like, but I knew that I was going to make it to this point. I was determined. I didn't look know what it looked like. I didn't have a clear picture, but I knew I'd be smiling because I really wanted to be happy. Wow. Yeah, you had that. Well, you had that within you. You had yes. that desire within you, and and so that brings me to talking about the Thrive Perspective philosophy. So obviously, you spent a lot of time doing work with yourself. That time that's important to grow, like you, we've described, and now you are able to do that in community helping others on their own personal journeys. How did you get to this point of developing this Thrive Perspective philosophy? Well, it's just the reading, the learning, the continuing education. Um, And I had an aha moment. Um, I was watching, I think it was a Super Soul Sunday with Oprah and Dr. Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And I heard Dr. Brene say, Shame is lethal. Shame is deadly. And I was still in a depressed state. And I just, I started crying. I jumped up and I said, I'm tired of being ashamed of crimes I did not commit. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this depression. I'm sick of being ashamed of something I didn't do. And that was the turning point. And that's how I developed the Thrive Perspective. And that is so simple. And this is what it is. When we look at our past, we concentrate on the negativity. We concentrate on the crime that was committed against us. I want survivors, victims to concentrate on their courage, strength, and tenacity it took to live through what you lived through. And got you here today. The Thrive Perspective is looking at the possibilities, not what happened. Because when people come up to me and they say, oh, well, honey, just don't let your past define you. And I like, oh, uh, 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 
hold on, my past does define me. The courage, strength, and tenacity it took to live through being raped, being drugged, forced into pornography. My courage, strength, and tenacity to persevere is what defines me. Because when people say, don't let your past define you, it still puts us into that circle of shame. And Mm -hmm. I don't have any shame anymore. Because I didn't commit the crime, so I stopped doing the time. (laughs) Wow. And that's huge because... One of the things, and this is this kind of goes to your point of continuous learning mm-hmm. that I do every week is I participate in a mastermind. It's been going on for, I'm on year two now, meeting with other entrepreneurs every week, 5.30 a.m. once a week and talking about, uh, you know, all kinds of things. One of the questions that always comes up is either sharing a win or how you took back your power. And when I hear you say, that you're you're able to connect with your past mm-hmm. it's a form of deciding whether <clears throat> power over you or you have the power and that there's a big difference because when you hold the power you can use it for good you can do you can use it to embrace possibilities right fuel instead of, you know, something that pulls you down. Absolutely. And you know, when, when I started in group, I would go in and I was, I was, I was stuck in victimhood so bad. And I'd go in every week and I was determined. I never missed a meeting. And we had our group meetings every Wednesday and I would take my vacations. I would leave Thursday and come back Tuesday if I took a vacation because I was not going to miss a meeting because I was determined to fix what they broke. But, and I didn't realize that I was stuck in victimhood and every week I'd go in, boo hoo me. I can't get married. I can't find a nice man. I keep finding all these horrible men that still abuse me and it's not my fault. And then one of the gals in there, she says, when are you going to stop playing the victim and finally take responsibility for your life? Well, I jumped back on the couch and I was like, I shut up and I grabbed a pillow and I, to protect myself because I felt like she was attacking me. And I, and that whole week I kept thinking, well, I am the victim. I didn't do it. What the hell does she mean? I don't understand. Why is she attacking me? Well, the next week, The day before, I mean, I I never missed a meeting, but I was thinking about how I was going to leave this people and leave this meeting. I wasn't going to go back and do the work anymore because I was so mad at her for saying that to me. And the day before the meeting, I was stuck at a traffic light and there were cars, you know, two, two other lanes over. And I'm literally stuck at this light and I'm crying and I'm depressed. And what did she mean? I'm the victim. I didn't do it. And it was, you know, it was like the the clouds of depression parted over my head and the hand of God came down and slapped me across the face and said, snap out of, re- out of it, Rena. And what I had a moment of clarity 
And it was like, oh my God, I understand what she's saying. I can't change what happened to me, but now as an adult, I can change how the rest of my life unfolds. But I had to get out of victimhood and I had to stop playing the victim and I had to take responsibility. And she said, she says, you're not responsible for what happened to you as a child, but now you are responsible as an adult. The choices you make will determine the reality that you create. Mm-hmm. And that's going back to the attraction action. Yeah, it was a moment of clarity. And I walked in. I couldn't wait to get to the meeting the next day. And I walked in. And I have to tell you, this young lady was legally blind. And so she couldn't drive. She had her husband bring her to the meetings every week. And I walked in and I was beaming. She said, oh, my God. Your aura is so complete. I can see all the vibrant colors of your aura. And she said, you know, when you first started the meetings, I could you, your aura was gray and, and broken and there was no color. And today I see all your colors because that moment of clarity, Coach Des, I felt my soul become one. Wow. I felt that emptiness that I felt all those years in the, in the gut of my being come. And I felt like a whole woman that day. And it it was, it was miraculous. I'm, I, I'm not really a religious person, but (laughs) I'm a spiritual, I'm a spiritual person, but it was, it was when you're really determined to take back your life, taking the responsibility is, is how you gain your power back. Yeah. And I mean, and I think that the encouragement, because at every turn of your story, the part of the theme that I'm hearing listening to you is these moment, these aha moments that had to do with your engagement with the it, right? Mm-hmm. The experience, the what has happened to you and the world around you, mm-hmm. you know? these other individuals that have been there to inspire you, to encourage you, to make you think a little bit differently. And that's why it's ongoing is because this continuous process and without in solitude, I couldn't imagine having these epiphanies and these revelations by yourself. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. those, Those people come into our lives and we may not like what they say, But had she not said that, I wouldn't be here today. I know it. Had she not said, that was a gift. It was the greatest gift I was ever getting. It hurt in the moment. I hated her. I felt victimized again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she she was basically slapping me upside the head and saying, hey, you're not a victim anymore. It's You're an adult. It's time to take responsibility. If you really want to get married, to a nice man, if you really want to make money, if you really want to do all these things you talk about, it's up to you now. And I didn't realize because I was still stuck in victimhood and I used, I used what happened to me as, and as, as an excuse not to be successful. Wow. That makes sense. I was sabotaging myself because I didn't feel worthy of being successful. 
-hmm. And I kept using it a couple years ago. Yeah, because this happened to me, it means that I am not, I am less, I am incapable. So you told yourself- I am not worthy. Yeah. And you've you've changed that story. So today you help people uh, when they're at that point. Because I think there's many moments in life where we reach a crossroads. You can go down that, that path of despair where you can say, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. Obviously, this happened to me. So it must mean that I'm, I deserve it. You're right. Or you can right. go down the other path. Right. That, Absolutely. This, this is a thing that happened. I'm not going to pretend it didn't. But I am capable and I can. Tell me about what you do today, like programs that you offer and, and things that you can that you do to help people who are at that crossroads and trying to figure out which path to go down. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I am a well-being coach, a mindset strategist, and I do help women, survivors or not, find their voice. Uh, I do not work with people in crisis because I'm not a therapist, but I am a certified coach. And if anyone is in crisis, I, I encourage them to call RAIN or their local crisis center. But mm-hmm. if somebody is looking for their why, they need a coach. I needed coaches. You know, I've, I've had coaches um, for their next step or for well-being. I'm also a certified speaking and TEDx. TEDx coach, even though I I gave a TEDx, I teach people when they find their message, how to get on the stage and have the impact that, that thankfully my talk is having. And so that's what I do. I I'm a well-being coach and I am a speaking coach and I love people help. I love helping them find their voice, whether it's through their mindset or through speaking on stage. That's just incredible. And we underestimate that we have that power of our voice. Yeah. And and, and dim it. And there's so, so much power in speaking up. Yep. Yeah. And it, it can be hard. And like I said earlier, we have to trust who we're telling it to. So call out to a crisis center because... I thought I would be blamed for everything that happened to me. And that was the furthest thing that happened. When I called out the crisis center, he listened without interruption or judgment. And he made me feel uh, worthy of telling my story and that I deserved to have a life that I really wanted. Because I told him, I don't want to die. I just don't know how to live with this shame and I need help. Yeah. So help, I need help words, but it can be difficult to say. Yes. Right. Like you said, it takes, I know it takes a lot. It does, but people want to help. This is what I want people to know. When somebody says, Hey, coach Des, I need your help with something. Doesn't it make you feel good that you can help? It's why I'm here. Exactly. (laughs) I think that's you're making a great point because sometimes people forget that when you when you do speak up, there's people's people whose cups are filled by that. That I knew 
It's so funny. I knew when I was in high school and going through the journey to figure out what I was going to do, I, I, I was told by my own counselors and everything that, that I, I learned to harness my purpose at a very young age because I knew that my path was to help other people in this yeah. way. So we're waiting for you. <laughs> well, this is this is something. Yeah, uh, in my potential principles, um, one thing that I'm working on is I say uh, D is for dream. Somebody out there right now is waiting for you to make your dream come true, so that you can make a difference in their life. So our dream, whatever that is. It's not just for us. It's for those we're going to help along the way. And so don't be selfish with your dream. Oh, my gosh. Mm. That is beautiful. Don't be selfish with your dream. So that brings me to some questions that I would love to ask you for people to help get to know your perspective a little bit more. Sure. So the first question that I have for you is, what are three words, Rena, that best describe you? Hmm. Oh, I am a Sir Thriver. I am courageous. I am me. <laughs> I mean, perfectly simple, you know? Yes, absolutely. I am determined. How's that? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. What is something that you are working on improving? For me, I'm working on improving my time management skills. Yeah, it's hard it's a big to one. Be a focus <laughs> on stuff. I've got so many things I want to do and I want to write another book and I'm working on a podcast and I'm speaking and I'm coaching and I've got, I have to learn time management and that's very difficult for me. No, I don't want to affirm that. I don't want to affirm that it's difficult. I am getting better at my time management. There you go. <clears throat> Affirmation. Affirmations. Work. Influence. Right? And, and they work and they influence our mindset. The difference between uh, putting ourselves in a posture of defeat mm. to a posture of inspiration and possibility. There's a, there's that. a distinction in just those nuanced words, right? Yep. So I, I love that you right in the moment caught your language and changed it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to affirm that. And this is one thing no. I teach. I teach people how to do affirmations properly and, and catch yourself when you're saying something negative. I have, I wrote a journal, it's called my thrive journal and it's a, well, show them how to do a celebration list and how to write affirmations properly. And um, they can get it on Amazon. But also for your audience, I offer 52 weeks of transformational affirmations with messages for free. So if they want to get that, they can go to my website. Oh, yeah. It's huge because it takes practice. It does. I've seen people in a space of other people who are in community begin the process of saying affirmations. And when it when the words first come out, 
the level of confidence and belief in those words isn't there. It's, it's the posture, the eye contact, the body language is, I, I can. And it's, but everything about you is saying you can't. So to go yes. from I can to I can is a big leap. Yep. So it takes practice, <laughs> right? And believing in yourself takes practice. Um, you know, I, several years ago, I knew that I wanted to be a professional speaker. And so I joined the National Speakers Association and I would go and see all these fantastic, influential people who spoke all over the world. And I felt about this tall amongst these giants, you know, and I was so insecure because nobody knew my story. And I was still at that point where I was afraid but I knew I wanted to become a speaker to share my story. Anyway, um, a couple of ladies invited me to lunch and I was telling them, you know, I don't have a college degree. I, people aren't going to listen to me. They're not going to hire me. And they're like, oh my God, no, no, no. You have to get this book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Well, I'd heard of Jack Canfield before and I'm like, how can he help me? See, and these women, how can he help me? I, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. He, he knows nothing about that. So, but I wanted to feel what they felt. I wanted to be um, successful like them. So I said, what the heck, I'll buy the book, The Success Principles from Amazon. And I got the package and I opened up the package and pulled out the book. And I was looking in the package, looking for the receipt because I needed it for my bookkeeper, for my expenses. And there's no receipt. And the success principles is this thick. I don't know if I have it in here or not, but I mean, and, and so I pull the book out. And I'm like, I don't have time to read this thing. It's, you know, huge. But I was interested and I kept flipping through the book. And all of a sudden I come in to this piece of paper in between these two pages. And I take out the piece of paper and it's a receipt. And I look on this side of the page and it says, you don't need a college education to be successful. And then on the other page, it says, it's none of your business what other people think of you. And I'm like, oh my God, I slammed the book closed. I'm like, that's my message. I don't even have to read the whole book. <laughs> yes. So right there, it spoke to you when to speak to you <laughs> because I was concerned about not having a college degree and I was concerned what people would think about me and it was all right there in the message and I right I said that day I'm going to tell Jack Canfield that story about the missing receipt three years later I did and he signed the book I love Hello. that yeah I love that. It's a, and I told him the story and he's like, that's a cool story, Rena. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I had to tell you. That's I had awesome. to tell you. So, yeah. So you've shared, you shared a little bit, but I want to ask you, uh, what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? <sighs> that I'm not worthy of success. That my voice doesn't matter. I think. Yeah. Because feeling worthy of making the money and being prosperous is mm -hmm. um, something that was really foreign, foreign to me. 
And um, now when people ask my fee for coaching or speaking, um, I have no problem telling them what it is and either they can afford it or they can't um, because I know my worth. I know the work that I've done. So those two things were pretty difficult. You know, people talk about imposter syndrome. Well, it's not just people who have had mm-hmm. trauma issues. Um, in the National Speakers Associations, I saw um, these professionals who dealt with that issue as well. So whether you've gone through trauma or not, we're all human. And we have moments of yeah. self-doubt. So I think it's self-doubt worthy issues. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You're not alone with that. <laughs> okay. What, what is one thing that you want to see changed in the world? I want to see us being kinder to each other and listening to each other and celebrating our differences instead of hating them. Um, We're all different and we all have a story and that is part of the human experience. Don't be ashamed of it. Celebrate it. Yeah. That's why my line is be unapologetically you. Oh, love, because love it. there's only there's only one you. There's only yeah. one me. There's only one each person. It's beautiful. Yeah. Don't be ashamed of your story. story. Yeah, and we can understand that. Oh, I love it. Okay, what's one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? I'd have to go back to say um, you're not responsible for what happened to you as a child, but you are now responsible for how your life unfolds as an adult. And I think I really took that to heart that that helped me leave the victimhood in the past and start taking responsibilities. Cause I had all these dreams of being a professional speaker, being a coach. Um, but I had to leave the victimhood in the past and able to, to do that, to create it. So that, I think that's the best advice. Yeah, that, that is amazing advice. I love that. Serena, how can people follow you? How can people keep up with what you're doing? Thank you for asking. Go to renaromano.com, R-E-N-A-R-O-M-A-N-O.com. I have Rena Romano TV, my YouTube. I have Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. I'm all over the place. So, <laughs> You're on all the socials, yeah. all the platforms. Well, you know, everybody, we all listen to have our own preferred platform. So I try to, to put a little bit out there on all of them. And podcasts yeah. as well. So thank you for having me. Yeah, this is amazing. Tell, tell us the title of your podcast. It is called Sir Thriver Unleashed. And it's all about Sir Thriving After Sexual Abuse. And my podcast, we don't talk about um, the bad or the ugly. We talk about the good afterwards. We talk about... I have Sir Thrivers come on the show, domestic violence, sexual assault, child sexual abuse, who are successful now because I want to show victims, survivors, the endless positive 
possibilities of their potential of their potential after trauma, mm-hmm. because they can have the life they want if they believe. So that's what it's yes. all about. It's oh, all about positivity. That so that's mm-hmm. amazing because we need that. We we yeah. need that energy. We need those stories. And sometimes it takes just listening to others to recognize the possibilities that you have in front of you. Well, like I said, I saw Oprah and people go on her show and I want to feel what they have. I want to be happy like then. So if I show on my shows and my platform that happy is possible, you can create it. Um, I want them to feed off of that energy too, because I fed off of Oprah's. I fed off of her audience, her her, uh, guests that were on her show. So I want to create that energy and get the ball rolling for others so that they can create a positive outcome too. We can create our own reality. I just, I mean, I want to thank you for that because you're, you're, you're using pain and you've taken that and turned it into power and purpose. And, and that's just so magnificent. So, I mean, you taking the time out of your busy schedule to share is going to change somebody's life who's listening right now. So that, that for me is, is the gift that I want to create. So I'm just grateful for you coming and sharing in, in this space and in this community. It means a lot. Well, thank you for the platform and the opportunity to share because the more we share the goodness, the more we share the the positive possibilities, the more we can heal. And we all deserve to heal and be happy. And I like to say happy is the best revenge. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that's, the, that's the note. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a revengeful <laughs> person, but I like to say happy is the mm-hmm. best revenge. Yeah. If that if that's the way that we think about it, that's changing, that's changing it, turning it on its head, right? You betcha. You betcha. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Rena. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Coach Des. Thank you. Thank you. I want to take this moment to say a little bit more about rain. Rena, my amazing guest, talked a little bit about it. Rain is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. You can go to www.rain.org to find information and resources. There is also a phone number that you can call. It's 1-800-656-HOPE which is 1-800-656-4673. If you are a victim of assault or abuse, or you know someone who is, this is a place to start for you to reach out to, to get resources, to share in a safe space and get the help that you need. Addressing some of the challenging things that we've been through, especially when it is traumatic and relates to anything like abuse can be difficult. 
it is a lifelong journey to accept the things that have happened to you, to embrace where you are as a result of that, to share with anyone, even if it's one person, your truth. And I would just encourage you to take the steps to begin the journey of healing and learning and growing and know that it is not something like we talked about in the interview today that is a one and done experience. It's ongoing. It's healing to be in your feeling, which means to allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to process so that you can allow yourself to grow and to persevere and to have the kind of mindset that is one of a victor and not a victim. Thank you for tuning in to the Born Unbreakable podcast. If it is your first time listening to the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe or that follow button so you don't miss notifications about new episodes that come out because we are giving you two episodes a week of inspiration of people who are shining examples of being born unbreakable that remind you that you too are born unbreakable. Remember that you are your only limit. So take action today. Tune in again for another amazing episode. Like I said, If you subscribe or follow, you'll get the notification. I appreciate you being here. If you haven't already, I'd love a rate and review. Take care.